Welcome to the Who and What She Wants podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Ward, and each week I will be interviewing an inspirational female entrepreneur so that you can take away actionable tools and insights to enable you to build the business of your dreams. Whether you're first starting out building your own business, or if you have entrepreneurial dreams that you don't know how to make a reality, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get into the episode. Today, I'm super excited to welcome the lovely Jennifer Lowe to the show. This incredible female entrepreneur is a hair and beauty makeup artist that champions vegan makeup and is the founder of Lolo & Co. Today, we are going to deep dive into Jen's entrepreneurial experience, and she is going to share with us how her background has helped to define the businesswoman she is today. For anyone wanting to work within the world of hair and makeup, Jen's story will help inspire you to chase your dreams and believe that you really can succeed as an entrepreneur in this seemingly oversaturated industry. Welcome to the show, Jen. I'm beyond happy to have you here today. Oh, hi. That's such a nice paragraph about me. (laughs) The only thing is, I'm not sure I braked enough. There was a lot of talking. (laughs) Say that again in a... I felt like I lost my breath at one point oh, there. Also. Great. It sounded great. It was almost like, oh, were you talking about me? Yeah, <laughs> it's about, about you. Yeah, that's, that's made my day. It makes me feel great. So thank you for having me and asking me. I feel no really privileged and um, humbled that you asked me. I'm like, yay, you're welcome. <laughs> I thought to start us off today, it would be amazing if you could just give us some background into how Lolo and Co was founded and what experience got you to where you are today. Oh, um, definitely. So uh, basically, I'd done. Um, I'd been one of those students at school who worked really hard. Um, always been a creative person. Had no idea what I wanted to do, um, and started off um, with different degrees I did a teaching degree interior design but always wanted to be a makeup artist and then um in when was it about 2007 my sister asked me to do some sports tv presenters for her company that she was working for and I just thought yeah why not and I was a basically when I look back I was how old was I 24 um and probably a bit of a workaholic so I'd teach five days a week and then do the Saturdays and Sundays um doing pre- tv presenters makeup oh, wow. um so but I loved it I really enjoyed the makeup side of things even though it wasn't the most creative thing I just felt really I just enjoyed that I was making earning money by putting makeup on people and chatting to them (laughs) yeah that sounds amazing how did you um so when you did your first job that your sister referred you to had you had any training in makeup or did you just kind of use your natural instinct and sort of like natural talent to be able to pull it off so I yeah I used my own instincts basically I wasn't trained um so so basically self-taught I suppose Mm -hmm. but um and um I, I guess because I'd always wanted to have, my dream was to be a makeup artist since I was sort of 16 years old. I guess I'd looked into things and liked makeup myself and it was like a little test. So really it was quite basic makeup. It was for guys really. So 
it wasn't difficult but you still had to know about skin you still had to know what things look like on the camera and and then look into products and that's when i started looking into what sorts of what sort of products looked really natural um and sat well on the skin and lasted and so i guess lots of trial and trial and well luckily i didn't really make that many errors um but just practice i suppose but um having that opportunity to practice in a real situation where it was going on tv uh was uh, was brilliant really and then i carried on teaching because i got pregnant and then i had a breakup with my children's dad and that's when i probably was at a really uh, big crossroads in my life where mm. i realized right i'm a single mum um it was quite traumatic I had a lot of healing to do, which I didn't address. And I threw myself into makeup. Actually, sorry, I already started doing freelance makeup and left teaching before we'd split up. Um, oh, okay. But I hadn't set up Lolo and Co. I set up, set that up after we'd, we had separated. So, um, and I think have it being on my own and feeling so well, we talked about this earlier. I think I really hit, so, well, I've hit a few rock bottoms, but it was one. Oh, we all have, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it was a rock bottom and, you know, you you sink or swim, don't you? So all I could think was, right, I really, really enjoy makeup. I've already been doing weddings. I was making money from it and I was really enjoying it. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to come up. Well, the ideas just came to me and I thought, right, I'm the sort of person who enjoys talking about different ideas and I have a really creative mind almost a bit too it needs reeling in sometimes that happens to the best of us creatives yeah. I think like we go I off mean, on tangents yeah I enjoy it though I enjoy that, you know I love brainstorming and researching and um I just enjoyed all of it and then I just decided to um buy an ambulance make it into a hair and makeup van and that used my interior design skills from my first degree and um, really enjoyed that put it into motion used it and everything at festivals and uh, I'd already come up with the name and the, the name for Lolo and Co which is just basically my surname and the Co was almost thinking well I'm going to collaborate with people so it's oh I love that Ian and um, maybe work with my sister. So um, that's kind of what where it started. And it just, I think I didn't really have much of a, I had rough plans in my head that I knew mm. were tangible, but I also didn't make proper plans. So I've done a lot of um, leading by <laughs> gut. Yeah, I love that. I think there's so much great stuff to kind of dive into on what you've said. Um, so with with the makeup, when when I imagine you went for your first job, I can imagine it's quite nerve wracking, especially to go when you've had experience, but obviously you've self taught as well. Yeah. How did you kind of deal with 
did you have any self-doubt or you know how did you yeah. keep yourself feeling positive and feeling like you could do it because I know that's something that so many people suffer with when they kind of pivot in their career they they just overthink and they panic yes so um that's been a real journey and I think I did feel nervous but I just thought right there are any people mm-hmm. you, so what, true what what's going to happen and I like chatting so and I like I actually I think for to be a hair and makeup artist it's a bit like a hairdresser as well or someone in the beauty industry you've got to be able to actually like people and be quite a people person but know how to read situations and when to um, keep quiet and be professional or make people feel warm and comfortable because you're literally going straight in and touching someone's face so your yeah. personal space so you've got to be able to do that and that only comes with I think practice and I was lucky to have the opportunity where I was working you know knew my sister at the mm-hmm. um, that job so I already felt a little bit comfortable but I then started to get other jobs from it where it was completely different and I felt it was scary it was you do wonder well am I doing a good job are they all right and you can't keep asking it's almost like yeah it's finding the balance isn't it you can't keep asking the uh, photographer does it look okay because that's not their they're leaving it up to you so yeah that's so uh, true but then I did do a course so I did choose to do a course after that to make sure that I wasn't I was covering you know all areas um, knowing how to be hygienic and sanitary and professional, um, that sort of thing. So I did do the course, and the course makes you, what doing a course makes you feel a lot more confident, and just practicing and do it weddings as well. That was scary. I remember when I first did some weddings. You just don't know what the people are going to be like. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're humble and you've got to think of customer service I suppose when you're yeah. that person uh, you know you must be the same when you yeah never definitely met someone before instead of taking anything personally you just see it as I'm offering a service and if they're not happy I'm you know going to fix it so yeah definitely I think as well what you said about you have to be really adaptive to how Mm. people are with you and almost like gauge your reaction and the way that you interact with them based on how they're interacting with you so you do have to have quite a high level of people skills I suppose is the best way to put it communication and interpersonal skills and that's something I think you know if you really enjoy makeup from a young age and think oh I really want to be a makeup artist you've got to think well actually do I like talking to people as well not saying you have to be bubbly or chat about everything but you've got to actually enjoy some enjoy making someone feel comfortable and positive as well and if you're not positive they're not going to feel positive or confident yeah so true I think it's funny because a lot of people probably see from the outside looking in if you've had no experience in the makeup industry you think oh the main thing I need to get down is my skills with makeup but you're so right there's so much more to it yeah there is a lot of other areas that you've got to think about and and can 
practice or test yourself on to see if that's the sort of job that will suit you because um sometimes i think someone who wants to be a hair and makeup artist or just a makeup artist or hairstylist can think yep i'm going to do that i love being creative i love doing that and then they get to they do some work experience and then realize actually i really don't like touching people's faces or eyes mm -hmm. i don't like i don't actually want to talk to a lot of people maybe you can they could maybe they're then suited for a slightly different type of makeup job or creative job it yeah definitely i'm quite a massive advocate of getting work experience actually because i think it's such a great way to be able to almost test what what kind of role is going to suit you have you done any work experience in the past so um i remember at school when they got you to do work experience i went into a hairdresser's and i hated it and uh, oh really yeah, I, I was quite rebellious i just didn't go i, I <laughs> and i did this a similar when i was at uni we had to do work placements i didn't enjoy it either i got on mm. with everyone and actually they were so lovely the whole team but i was quite it wasn't what I want. I didn't. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So it's still really valuable. Uh, yes. And, and I think the wider areas of experience you can tap into, the better you're going to be for knowing where you do want to go. Yeah, definitely. I think as well having an experience and. Even if you have an experience and you don't enjoy it, to know that that's something yeah. you don't enjoy, you know you won't waste any more time on it. So it's still a worthwhile experience. Yeah, absolutely. And um, going and trying a few more times in different areas is fine as well. You know, just learning what you do or don't want to be like. Um, so I didn't actually do any makeup work experience. I mean, it's really hard for people to get that. I've had people asking me, can I get some work experience? I can't really... You can't take someone on to, say, for, say for a wedding. Um, mm -hmm. I could take someone along with me as a bit of an assistant and they could watch and see. Uh, so that's for sure. That's doable. However, the bridal party might not want an extra person there. So just yeah, it's so big, true. quite hard. And then TV and everything. Again, unless you're going through the BBC and doing work experience that way, I as makeup artists can't always bring people to my jobs and photo shoots and things. Yeah. They don't always. Yeah, of course. It depends how well I know the client, you know, mm -hmm. if I've worked. Yeah, no, it's client. a lot, isn't it, yeah. to shop with someone else, especially because I'd imagine a set is really busy anyway, with like a lot of bodies. So kind of to have another body in the mix, it must be so difficult. Yeah, it is. And it does, it does depend on your relationship with, with your, you know your bosses or who the clients that you're working with so but mm. it's definitely doable um and they do there are lots of assisting jobs for new makeup artists that you can get to do with other makeup artists who need assistance so that's good and sometimes they can be paid or not paid and and then for tv where you can really see what makeup artists do in all sorts of areas and you might come across other things that you really like but um, mm. yeah, I think makeup, um, work experience is really good. But I feel like my first makeup gigs were like my work experience. Yeah, that's like, so true. It's almost like being, it was like paid work experience yeah, almost. Lucky. <laughs> Did you have to, out of interest as well, did you have to invest in much kit for those first jobs? I, I did, but not 
to extent of what I was doing now, I tailored it to what I was doing. So um, it was at the time to me was quite a lot of money and it mm-hmm. was, you know, hun- you know, a few hundreds of pounds, but it was still worth it because I made more money back. So you've got to think about yeah. like that, but definitely kit is something that you've got to think about because you have to invest in it. Yeah, I think it's something that people overlook when they're starting a business. I think sometimes they can almost see the vision of a year down the line, but they forget of the initial investment of what they have to kind of pay out for in the first instance, just to get it off the ground. Yeah, definitely. And all the sort of any sort of advertising you might do or all the courses, the websites and things. Well, that's for yeah, that's for my industry. I know that's quite similar for. Your- yeah, no, I think things like that are pretty similar across the board, to be honest. Did um, How long did it take you to be able to go from freelance to then setting up your company and sort of launching with the ambulance and things like that? Um, so 2007, probably it was about, I can't do my maths, six, <laughs> six years, actually. Um, okay. But I wasn't, okay, actually, sorry. If you mean freelance completely then uh about a year two years okay it's pretty quick turnaround yeah it was quick and that's something about me I'm which I've learned is not always a good thing (laughs) I can get once I get an idea and I start planning and writing all these things down and researching and I, I think it's feasible in my head which it is I kind of don't wait around I just go and do it Mm. um I yeah that's a great way to be though because I found from sort of launching my business action is everything Mm. it's all good and well having an idea but unless you take action on it it's it's nothing you have to take action on every kind of idea that you have just to even test it out and see if it's feasible yeah and you can get scared and or get cold feet or um think well actually I'll plan a bit more or I'll wait till I've saved up even more and actually those are quite realistic and sensible things to do sometimes as well Um, Mm. but you do need to take the plunge at some point and perhaps I've got too much well not so much anymore but at the beginning I was definitely a right gonna do this let's go for it and I think that was probably from my my (laughs) mum I feel (laughs) I don't know where it comes from actually um because she was always really encouraging. She was a funny one, even though we, she was also. Uh, what, do, what what were we talking about earlier about mothers being? Yeah, <laughs> we were. Uh, I know we we're having a bit of a conversation well, before we started recording. Actually, weren't we about how it's funny how you look back as an adult now on your upbringing and you can almost look back in a reflective state of seeing how the way that your parents brought you up actually resulted in the person that you are today. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so part of me was, you know, lacks a load of confidence, but then I had this confidence and this drive to go and buy an ambulance and build build my brand. And Which is absolutely incredible. I think it's just a lot about knowing yourself as well, isn't it? And knowing 
what how you are as a person and what your risk tolerance is I think risk tolerance is definitely a big thing if you're going to start your own business you need to know what for you is a big risk versus some people are quite comfortable taking big risks but other people really have to plan it out and think it out I think it's just knowing yourself and what you're comfortable with yeah that's really true actually and um, I think I'm someone who is risk tolerant yeah no I'm the same to be honest but sometimes I kind of feel like I need someone to rein me back in and be like this is risky let's stop the madness yeah but then I wouldn't go too too crazy and also I think like you said if you don't try it you don't know I mean I've made quite a few you know different faux pas where I think oh actually maybe I should should have waited and done that or that wasn't the right time but actually they were still the right time and I learned so much and you then can tick it off as right that's been part of that and that was for that reason and you know it's all everything you completely is part of the process it's just definitely and it makes you the person you are it makes your business what it ends up being like all these little things stack on top of each other to get the end result of how your business is going to turn out so I think it's so important interestingly have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur no I didn't even (laughs) didn't even really know what it was to be honest um, and I still like I said to you I feel like I struggle calling myself one but I'll mm. I'll take it on <laughs> for sure yeah it can be a new label a good thing. and it doesn't mean you are it doesn't mean I have to be Richard Branson you know yes so and I think in the female world we are seen we do need to be a bit well we're we've sort of is ingrained in us perhaps to be a little bit more humble and quiet and do or choose a different path but actually we're at the, it's changing so much um but no I didn't know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur at all and I actually thought I should follow a, uh, a the more nine to five route um yeah which is why I chose my other degrees first over being a makeup artist but when I was at school and growing up, we didn't have, I sound old now, there was, well, there was no, so, there was no social media was there. There wasn't much, I think internet had only come in when I was in sick form or before and it, there wasn't much on it. And um, I got my first email address at going into uni and we didn't even really use it. So it was really hard to know how to do things. And I remember researching into makeup artistry and just reading it's highly competitive um the fashion and it's all very fashion based they didn't there wasn't much careers advice about it actually um mm-hmm. i'm not sure if that's changed now i think it has changed a bit more but um i remember going to my careers advisor at school they had those didn't they back then yes yeah <laughs> they still do now uh, mine was so biased though like mine was awful when you look yeah. back she basically forced me to go to uni even though I was a bit on the fence about whether or not to go oh gosh, me too it's so awful I was totally <laughs> groomed no not great yeah so so was I to an extent like she was like you can't not go to yeah. uni and, I, and like made me fill out my application yeah. and I was like but I don't know if I want to go and she was like no no you want to go yeah, <laughs> so, and, okay uh, it was it was valuable going to uni but I agree with you I'm not sure if I would have I wish that I'd had someone who nurtured my creative side more and said yes. you can go to uni later, it's okay, and or mm. do different courses. Um, but it's still good. It's still part of 
making me who I am now but I was the same I just thought I had to go to uni got to do um what everyone else is doing my parents were supportive in whatever I'd chose you know whatever I choose chose to do but I think they're really encouraging me towards architecture interior design graphic design (laughs) things where I could sit at a computer and um, which I hate I didn't actually enjoy in the end um, because I didn't find it creative enough practically with my hands Mm. Um, and I didn't like see I realized I'm not cut out for seeing for you know an office environment every day so that's yeah yeah I I feel like things I don't know if things have changed because obviously I'm not at school at the moment so I have no clue but I do feel like if you were a creative person back at I say back in the day making us sound old but you know what I mean but like you weren't supported in the same way um I feel like they looked at you and they were like that's great like I remember I wanted to be a fashion designer and that was kind of the path I was going down and they ended up sort of pushing me more into doing fashion journalism because it was more tangible to be a journalist than it was a designer so it was so crazy looking back because I feel like my natural impulse was to be more creative yet the school system just didn't know what to do with me so kind of put me in a weird box where it was 10% creative but the rest was more about more structured like a more structured career and you could have done fashion design first and then did journalism as your um sideline as well Yes, hundred now makeup artists they you could be a makeup artist first, do that, and then teach on the side. You know, whereas yeah. I think at school, I don't know whether it's it's just a different setup, isn't it? I think it, hopefully it's changed a bit mm. more now. Um, but basically, my dad, my back to sorry, we've totally gone away. But um, <laughs> I didn't want to be an entrepreneur because I didn't really know what that really meant. But my dad um, always had his own business. Um, and so I, I think we grew up knowing the hard work that goes into working for yourself. Didn't talk yeah. much to us about uh, the ins and outs of it or how it works, or because he, I suppose, didn't know the difference. He didn't get a choice to perhaps work in an office in a different type of job, and I think he thought that that would be best for us. So, but yeah. we, I think, it's in a nature to to be able to sort of uh work for ourselves and have that customer level of customer service I always watched my mum and dad they were such good people 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 what's the word (laughs) I know what you mean like they were really great with interacting with customers and things (laughs) and had really great customer service and worked long hours so we had I learned my work ethic from them I think then Mm -hmm. being the single mum on top just gave me even more just like this fierce drive to do even more I suppose but yeah of course I've had to what are some of your proudest achievements of your career to date so um I find that question quite hard actually because I suppose trying to be if you're if you're you've got that sort of modest side to yourself it's quite hard to think about but actually yeah I've got better at that so I think do getting some jobs with really great uh renowned people for example um I know it's he's you know 
it's simple makeup but it's not about I guess it's not about that it's about um well basically doing Rod Stewart's makeup I mean I'm I think wow um, I'd recently did worked with um some really great football clubs and things like that as well and working on different just really I don't know just sort of looking back and thinking actually I've built up these clients well I've worked on these people and um one of the jobs that I loved was um working for um some presenters who are working on Anthony Joshua's boxing fight oh wow that's so cool ringside it was really cool and I just thought actually this is quite cool um it's almost a bit of a pinch me moment isn't it I think a lot of people listening to this if there's anyone listening that's wanting to start out on a career in makeup I think for them this will be the ultimate inspiration because when you're starting out and you're perhaps taking jobs at weddings and things like that you don't appreciate where this career path could take you like how incredible to say you've done that I think that is absolutely amazing yeah thank you yeah I know it is when you look back at that it is really I think actually I've done some I've done some all right stuff but I think really what I am proud of deep down I think what it is is actually I've been able to earn a living and getting feedback and happy customers is what makes me feel proud I think that Mm. you know because I don't know just getting repeat work and recommendations that makes me feel really proud and I think actually I enjoy that Um, I think as well on the bigger picture it's almost like looking back and thinking people believe in you as well and that's such a nice feeling isn't it and I'm actually doing it and I'm I'm probably quite good (laughs) you are very good (laughs) it's that that self-doubt isn't it and and yeah it's so hard it is really difficult and I think we're just not programmed I don't know if it's I don't know if it's been British I don't know what it is but we're just not programmed to sort of celebrate our achievements much and it's something I really want to change as part of this podcast and be able to get a little bit more comfortable with actually appreciating how far you've come and the achievements that you've had because I think the world would be a better place if we could just tap ourselves on the back every now and then and say yay I did this yeah I know and even if sometimes the outcome isn't um always the way you want it to be still really good you know it's still great that you've got so far yeah and put yourself out there I think that's the hardest thing to do in anything any industry you work in to be able to put yourself out there especially when as well you are client facing and if you do have any sort of difficult situations you've got to be very reactive to be able to fix them there and then so even being able to go out there and and take the risk I think it's incredible I really yeah and give it yeah give it a go and I think one of the things that I've just remembered is when I first made the um got the ambulance up and running it's working I think I did have some proud moments there actually every time it was being used I felt really proud of getting the response from people and the hair wash sink was being used and the lights worked but then there was so I was always nervous because I thought is it even going to make it there (laughs) (laughs) it's a testament as well to your interior design skills you see (laughs) what have I done why am I stressing See, you know, worrying about this thing breaking down whilst I drive to Glastonbury. 
<laughs> I suppose it's difficult because it's something that's out of your control to an extent, yeah. isn't it? Like the mechanics of a van, it's not sort of within your realm of expertise. Right. So it is quite it daunting. Is daunting it's not, I don't know why. Well, I do know why I put myself through it because it was one of my ideas. <laughs> it's sometimes I don't know if you're anything like me but I'll sign myself up to things which are an amazing opportunity but when I'm actually leaving the door to go and do them I'm thinking what was I thinking how am I doing this like I'm terrified then I think if you're meant to do those things and you you just go and do it you're learning anyway by putting the more I'm put into my um uncomfortable zone the more I get used to it and the more I'm not, yeah. I don't fear it anymore because um, another another tip for makeup artists as well for budding makeup artists is <laughs> realizing you've you half the time you don't know who you're going to meet you there'll be there might be a large crew of lots of people and you're thrown in the deep end and half the time I don't know where I'm going until well maybe the night before if that's that's worst case scenario you get a call sheet telling you where you're going and you're like okay some studio oh Um, wow and you know you don't you just got to you've got to be very independent and learn to sort of hold your own and be confident walking into a room and fitting in Mm. it's almost like you have to build a bit of a business persona isn't it even though it's an extension of you it's almost like the professional side of you that you need to be able to handle these situations and just not panic that you don't know where you're going and you can't find the door to the, to the street. yeah which to be fair it's happened yeah. to the best of us like I've got I used to do internships at fashion magazines and I'd help out on photo shoots and they'd do the same to me they'd send me the call sheet the night before and I'd have to commute into London and I'd be running around like head like running around angel like headless chicken trying to find the studio <laughs> like sweating carrying a butler tray of sandwiches you and you think oh my god you're so stressed and it makes you obviously leave plenty of time before and then I now get there really early and sometimes drive and park and have a nap in the car (laughs) yeah I'm the same I'd always rather be early I can't stand being late to a job it gives me the worst anxiety ever get in there you just think oh actually it's not that bad but yeah you you switch on to save yourself from those heart palpitations and the sweating (laughs) it's just best yes (laughs) yeah i think it kind of all links back as well to your risk tolerance and things doesn't it it's that level of what you're comfortable with because i know some people are just permanently late and it's almost like who they are and they don't sweat about it they're just fine with it but if you know you're someone that needs to be on time and show up professionally like that then make sure you're you I are prepared. I, I've had to work on that because I think where I was risk tolerant, I, I, the sort of person who's pretty much known for being late, but obviously for work, you can't be. Uh, but I still yeah, time it so true. and not give enough time. And then it would be, I'd be praying to the universe, going, please get me there on time. <laughs> and it would always work out. We've all been there. I was like praying for yeah, a green light. Out, but I have learned probably in the last few years don't do that you know just give mm. yourself extra contingency and I'm sure lots of people out there do, are very organized and do that but I'm a, I can procrastinate yeah. sometimes so, oh me too I'm, I'm the same this is a slight sort of tangent but um what do you find are the best techniques for marketing your business um, so for me I when I first started out I did 
join a lot of different um free index what are they called like se- indexes no um say like yell.com what they- direct- oh yeah 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 <laughs> directories you can yeah. get lots of online directories and <laughs> things like that signed up a load of those so that your um website is known definitely get a website even if you haven't got much to put yeah. on it for now um i think a web domain makes you more visible um yes platforms. so true and then um social media over time as well i probably don't use it in the best way but i think i'm just going to stay true to myself um and yeah then what else i you, you know the same sort of things before i printed off loads of leaflets at one point i've done business cards I forget to take them out with me. <laughs> so I, just, I, I go through waves. Um, business cards are still quite good. Leaflets, I don't think you need to do. It depends on what you're what you're doing. I suppose if you're first starting out, you need to do you need to earn money and you need to practice. So the best way to do that is on local people and weddings and things, yeah. as well as just to get to know different faces the more faces you do the the more experience you get um and mm. do you find you rely quite a lot as well yeah. on like word of mouth and I referrals and things that. i was going to say the more people you do the more people recommend you um and you're learning along yeah. the way and if you if at the beginning i did have quite low prices because i wanted i was new and then i suppose if you're mm-hmm. a lower price point that is reflective of your experience and if someone said to me oh that's awful <laughs> they, I hate it <laughs> luckily they didn't I have got a tip for that as well um you know they they know that they've gone for someone newer and cheaper if you know what I mean so they, yes. the yeah that's so true lower. you're going to take a bit longer you're mm-hmm. going to so that's all that is quite important I think you can't really go straight in with oh I'm charging 60 70 80 pounds for one makeup if you know what I mean when you first started even if yeah. you're brilliant at doing your own makeup and maybe your friend's makeup that's not the same it's as doing someone you've never met before um, yeah it's so true I think pricing as well is actually kind of part yes. of your marketing strategy yeah. and you have to do a bit of market research and see what the industry standard prices are and make sure that your price is reflective of, yeah, of your definitely. experience and if you just stick with it I think with you know uh, with any freelancers or entrepreneurs if you just keep sticking with it and not giving in every year just gets better you just keep going and yeah. sometimes you get those slower moments but then you've, you just see it as oh this is time for me to catch up with some friends and or be creative in a different way or do all my well admin or do some extra marketing things or whatever and it's fine and and learn not to panic and throw in the towel but um yeah definitely word of mouth was is huge so that's why it's not just about makeup technique it's about making someone feel great and chatting to them and um giving that really great experience yeah I think it's funny because I think so many people now are almost so 
quick to jump on the next kind of social media trend or whatever it might be to grow their business but actually when you look when most of the people that I've interviewed actually for this podcast their most successful marketing technique has been more kind of old school marketing techniques which is actually really interesting it is things like word of mouth and even in some cases like print media and things that which have actually drummed mm-hmm. up business for That's people good. Yeah, it is interesting. Oh, it's very I think interesting. Mm. Social media's a, I've got I've almost got a love hate relationship with it. Yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of people do, I've I think. So read so many books along the way, uh personal development books, but also, you know, books about you know, business women this and being that mm. and um researching the sort of uh instagram influencer you really like or makeup artist and i love looking at them but actually i do find myself sometimes thinking oh yeah i've got to be like them i'm going to copy and actually i don't have to (laughs) if you know and i don't have to think of something unique and different either that's the other thing sometimes i try to and i think no i need to do something that no one's doing (laughs) you know and um uh, yeah different makeup look like maybe put banana skin makeup on i don't know you know could think of something really wacky and awful but actually i think sometimes you've just got to just do what you feel and yeah, and yeah. it's got to be true to you, hasn't it? I think that's the most important advice anyone can ever give you for, to be honest, any of your marketing channels. Yeah. Like, be true to yourself and to your business. Don't try and fall into the trap of trying to copy the biggest person in the industry because yeah. that's them being true to their self, which is why yeah. they're so successful. Um, I do it all the time as well, to be honest, yeah. constantly comparing. And I think that is the dark yeah. side of social media. Um, and I personally, something I do is limit yeah. my intake yeah. now. I don't spend oh, I, hours scrolling because I find it can yeah, be a bit too. of a black it's hole. Changed um, the, over the last couple of years with how much I go on and look at other things and not not worry too much. I save certain things when I I, th- I see it more as a mm. enjoyment. You know, go on and enjoy it. And yes. If something sticks, it sticks, doesn't it? And if you learn little bits and think, oh, that's yep. quite cool, I'll learn that. Uh, I'll do that. Like. Um, competitions or things, things like that I think oh yeah that's yeah. a good idea so I gave that a go sometimes and you know it's finding things that resonate with you and your business as well isn't it I think is the um is the key um what have I know we've kind of touched on it sort of throughout the interview but what would you say have been your biggest challenges so far on your journey as an entrepreneur um, so <laughs> there's been a few so um limiting self doubt <laughs> sort of self self doubt mm-hmm. um and not thinking yeah. you can do something um but then i can squash that quite quickly having being a busy single mum and trying to juggle that you know the work life balance that's definitely something mm. that i've had to learn how to deal with but actually lockdown has really helped with that <laughs> so yeah it's given you the time hasn't it to kind of really yeah and actually and not things. panic so and I actually mm. I still do panic now so because work's been in fluctuations and uh, when I'm working it's like oh yeah this is great money money and I love it and I'm doing the right thing then when it starts easing off I then panic and start thinking right well I need to 
supplement it with doing this and doing that. And actually, that's not what I need to do because putting that energy into something else. But I've had to learn that along the way because I panic. I panic thinking, well, where's my next bit of money going to come in from? And um, so learning not to panic. Um, Other challenges are my own pressures are sort of even though I've got you can doubt yourself I also then put immense pressure on myself that's that's one of my challenges because when I um put pressure on myself and tell or tell everyone all my ideas and then that adds even more pressure so I'm like Mm -hmm. yeah I feel you just just get on with it just stop talking (laughs) just get on with it um you don't need to tell everyone everything that you you you, all your ideas um and what you plan on doing and this Mm. and that just just go up get on and finding um your little core tribe of other people who get it oh that is so important I've kind of touched on this in quite a few episodes now but I think having a tribe because I think you can have your friends and you can have your family and and they serve you in a different way but I think having a group of people that either are in your industry or are entrepreneurs Mm. or whatever it might be is so crucial um you can bounce ideas but you know they just get Mm. it because I I learned in the past when I've spoken to some people who um still you're still great friends with sometimes you can feel a bit negative afterwards and think oh yeah actually maybe that's not such a good idea or or and it it feeds yourself doubt so then it's like a vicious circle Mm -hmm. so those are sort of internal challenge challenges but then physical challenges I suppose have been um I don't really know (laughs) I'm trying to think I think sometimes it's more I think one of the biggest obstacles can honestly be mindset I think that is it like I think that almost that almost is the underpinning to any physical challenge that you might have like it's all about mindset because even if you do face an example someone's running late or someone's not happy with your work whatever it might be but it's all to do with mindset and perception because if you have a positive mindset you can easily turn that around and it's not that big a deal but when you're coming from a very a place of negativity, it's so easy to spiral and it becomes then almost a bit yeah. of a mountain of a situation. Yeah. So mm. I honestly think that for a lot of us, the underpinning issue that all the challenge that we might face as entrepreneurs is our mindset and sort of like reining it in and, yeah. and molding it in a yeah, way that serves us best, it. I and, think. Um, sometimes you don't realise you need to mould it. <laughs> but I think um, one of, actually, mm. you said that it's sort of jogged my 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 memory I think physical challenges and other challenges that make budding makeup artists um want to will face is getting your foot in the door and just wanting to be um wanting to get those certain tv jobs or photo shoots when there's it's a very there's a lot of makeup artists out there Um, that's quite a big challenge Mm. because you think well I can email and contact all these different production companies and or fashion houses, or, you know, anyone, how are they going to listen to me? And it's, it can yeah. feel like a big block. Like, almost like, well, how, it's, so, it's mm. almost overwhelming. But actually, that's only one, that's only one thing. And like you said, with mindset, if you don't let it get to you, you'll soon find your way. 
And yes, hundred percent. Just need to showcase your work and keep practicing and being true, like you, like we talked about, be true to yourself and make it will just it will just mm. happen and believe that it's going to happen um, and keep. Going. Yeah, I'm completely with you on this one. I think it is just a lot. I think especially if you work a lot by yourself and perhaps don't mm. have a big team behind you, it's just kind of almost giving yourself those yeah, little pet talks, yeah. isn't it? And I have to, like, I find myself sometimes, I have to almost, like, cheering myself along. Like, when I'm sending, for example, I send mm. off quite a few um, pitches and um, proposals and things, and I've spent quite a lot of time putting them together, and I send them off. And I'm so nervous when I send them off, and I have to, like, pep talk myself and think, no, you've already done the hard work for this. Like, this is the yeah. easy bit. Just send it. Like, yeah. you know, well on get on with it. <laughs> get it out there. I'm the same. When, even when I send off a quote, mm. or I've got better at... Um, dealing with emails about shoots and talking about my rate and stuff before I used to be so nervous and go um I'm going to try to do this much and mm -hmm. these are the how long it's going to take and blah blah blah, blah. And, um yes I can you know I was always a yes person so I would never say no <laughs> to anything but um yeah I'm the same completely really the same <laughs> about whether I'd get it or not and actually yeah will be will be and it's okay definitely the next definitely not gonna happen then yeah. it wasn't right and actually my mum used to say that a lot she was really great at drumming that into my head um you know if something didn't work out and we were disappointed she'd be like well it just wasn't your time for that and actually she's right and so I can very easily um let something go if it were to be and there's no point holding on to yeah. that energy if it's negative Definitely. Your mum sounds like a very wise person. That's always the best mums. Crazy but wise. <laughs> I think mine's the same to yeah. be fair. <laughs> I was just gonna find out from you as well. So where do you see your business in five years' time? What have you kind of set any goals for the future? How's no, that looking um, for you? This is quite an interesting one because I think my goals have changed over the years and I don't know whether that's because of just general life, of being a mum, working out what the kids' needs are and my needs in life. Um, so mm. say a few years ago, four years ago, a five-year plan would have been, right, I'm going to have a team of this many people. I'm going to have a um, some some like little... I don't know, three ambulances <laughs> and they're going to be going up and down the country. We're going to be at all the festivals and we're going to do glitter and a blow dry bar. And literally my brain would be going OTT and I wouldn't have properly mm -hmm. honed it down. But which I think was right. I didn't have a five year plan because my life was you know into intertwined and um that's just not what I what was right for me at the time but at the moment I think I've had to rejig it again and I think I don't know whether it's to do with the current situation um realizing what my priorities are in life but basically I my recent one <laughs> was I was I wanted to have open some sort of makeup bars basically like a blow makeup and blow dry bars but then oh, with wow. covid happening again it's it's not that well not again all this sort of stuff i don't think it's right and i feel about that because i very nearly yeah 
started to get all that into motion <laughs> um but I think mm. a five-year plan what I actually do want um is to be creative still be doing what I love and being a makeup artist I would love to have be a head you know the lead makeup artist of a daytime or evening tv show and um yeah have a really good work-life balance some something where I can get up this would be the dream so it's not really I'm not talking about well, I've gone off plan. I'm just telling you my dream um, <laughs> get up take the kids to school drive up to the studio go and do a tv show for the day um have a lovely with lovely presenters <laughs> and then um get home home <laughs> for dinner but then that's probably everyone's dream but I think um if I'm still working yeah. and I'm doing creative things and I'm getting more um I don't want it to be just about money but more just more work and still being happy then that's enough for me at the moment I don't I have to say yeah. at the moment I don't yeah. really have a five-year plan I think that's good though I think sometimes we can get so bogged down with trying to make these concrete plans that to be honest it's good to have an end goal but I think there is a lot to be said for actually prioritizing your work-life yeah. balance and having that yeah. as a goal and making that the thing that you want to focus on rather than trying to have a yeah. I don't know like a monetary goal or something that's a little bit more materialistic it's nice actually to have a goal where you're saying yeah, I want to get a better life-work balance really have yeah, you're right. I, do, I think we can be so focused. I mean, some people need that and want that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think it's really good. I think for me, I've realised I'm quite comfortable. I mean, I would love a barn conversion. Wouldn't we all? Letting go of, for me, it's letting go of those dreams and just letting things roll for the time being. Yeah, put some money aside if I can to save up, but I don't know what I'm going to spend it on. I don't really know. I just want to be, my goal is to carry on or con, or building on my happiness. I know that sounds like wishy mm, but if I'm happy, so then I'm doing what I want to be doing, you know. I love that. I think that's a great goal. To be honest, I think that's a goal that more of us need to strive for and stop always yeah. chasing what I call the golden nugget. And rather than chasing yeah. that, like actually chase happiness. And no like, that's such that, a great thing there? to chase. Think, when you said about the end goal, no, nope. I even if I got to that end goal, I'd then look for something else. I, I'll never have an end goal. 100%. If you know what I mean. Um, so, Mm -hmm. I completely get you I think that's incredible I think that's a really great direction to be going in and I think as well especially with like you say the way that the world is at the moment I think that's a really good and positive <laughs> five-year plan to have and it makes it's more flexible then as well isn't yeah. it like you're not so tied into trying to control the world which yeah, let's be honest so none of us can do that at the moment out, you move into a different direction it you you don't it's almost not a, fa a fail or it's it's less pressure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we are just striving for happiness, the happiness and yep. success. But within that, I mean, yep. don't get me wrong, I've got lists, I've got things that I want to do, and I just do it and get on with it. I might not do it straight away, might 
procrastinate a bit and it gets done in two weeks time or whatever and I have this vision of where I want where I want to go with work but it's not my end goal does that make sense I don't yeah yeah completely I completely get that I think it's nice to have a kind of fluid version of a fluid idea of what you want to do and not so rigid I think that's definitely the way to go and I think that's the way that we all need to go with our goal setting um I think that's something that's super important I thought we'd finish this interview with a question that I ask all of my guests so um firstly what advice would you give to all the incredible women out there who have entrepreneurial dreams of their own but are just a bit too afraid to get started Um, (laughs) so if you've got entrepreneurial dreams and you're stuck sort of thinking well shall I do it shall I do it don't do it will I will I won't I what's you know I think if you just tell yourself well Mm -hmm. what is my backup plan if I do this and I it doesn't work what am I going to do and actually everyone if you say that to yourself and you say well I'll just do this then or I'll go back to that well you know you'll, you'll be fine either way so you either Chase your dream and and chase that goal of happiness. (laughs) Or you can stay, (laughs) you know, in wherever you are and maybe not be so happy and wondering. So you've just got to take the plunge. You've got one life. You've just got to go for it. I think, yeah, just... I absolutely love that. (laughs) um, Write down your worries and then put them to one side. Find the solution, the backup plan for the worries and then that sort of should Mm -hmm. disperse the worries (laughs) yeah no definitely I think that will really inspire a lot of people I think all that as human beings I think sometimes all that we need is a bit of encouragement from somewhere someone that's been there and done that and if you've been there and done that and you're saying just do it hopefully that this will really resonate with people that are sat on the fence and they can think yeah no that's it I'm going for it I'm doing it because I could have been sometimes I feel guilty thinking oh I've done a teaching degree and I've spent money on that maybe I should you know maybe I'm in the wrong thing and I should go back to teaching or go back to architecture and interior design but actually no Mm. they were still really valuable but um and part of my journey definitely but it's not what I want to do right now if you know it's not just let's just keep doing what we love and be happy I'm definitely with you on that one. I know you were kind of rejecting the idea of being considered an entrepreneur earlier, but my last, last question of the interview. So what does being a female entrepreneur Um, mean to you? Having that feeling of independence and Mm -hmm. freedom. Well, it's the same, you know, being being liberated because I'm in control in mm, a sense. I love that. Even though I'm not necessarily that great, you know, that controlling with myself in that sense, you know, of getting getting my admin done or whatever. Yeah. Um, it gets done. <laughs> but um, uh, having that freedom <laughs> and you're accountable, it, it, it's so nice. Yeah, um, I love that. I think I like that. Mm. I've, I've got no one to you know yeah even no though one to answer I love to almost isn't my it clients and I love answering to them but you I'm in control of that so if I don't if something makes me unhappy mm. I don't have to take it on um, 
um, yeah, it's just having that freedom and power. Yeah. Uh, not power, you know, that liberation. Yeah. What a great way to finish the interview. That's a, that's a quote in itself, I think. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Jen, for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with me today. Um, I will put all of your website and your social media links in the show notes. But um, if you're listening along to this now and you want to follow Jen's incredible journey over on her Instagram, her handle is at Loloco UK. So you can give her a follow on there. Um, but I'll be sure oh, to put all you your details much. in the show yes. notes. Thank you so much, Jen, for the time. And it's been so great. I think that you're going to inspire a lot of I people so. with this interview. So thank, thank you so you, much. Thank you. Good luck to you as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to keep up to date with the latest Who and What She Wants podcast episodes, then please follow our Instagram page, which is at the handle at Who and What She Wants podcast, or hit the subscribe button now. We hope to see you again soon.